From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 198, and today I'm joined by actor-writer Marvin Kaye. As a writer, Marvin created Less Than Kind, and you probably saw him as an actor in the Oscar-winning The Shape of Water. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. So we're sitting down Mm -hmm. via isolation to watch The Fast and the Furious. I'm Jeremy. I have seen this film once, but it was many, many, many years ago. And I am here with... I am Mark... Marvin and I have never seen any of these films. In fact, just to to rent the video, I was so confused as to which one was the original because they they all have Fast and Furious in the title. So yeah, it's not but, until they get to number five that they start like working like cl- trying to cleverly work the number into the title. Yeah. Well, it was weird because it was like too fast, too furious. Like, okay, that's not it. And then there was like fast and furious. And I was like, oh, is that it? And it's like, oh, no, no, that's not it. And it's like, oh, no, it's the fast and the furious. Oh, my God. I think fast and furious is the sixth one. Uh, Fast five. Yeah. And then they're all, it's just, I don't even know. Furious seven or something is one of the. Uh, who knows? They just, I mean, kudos <laughs> to them for not just like slapping like a, a number on the end. Yeah. Well, I knew the and I knew the franchise was big. I just didn't realize it was that there were there, that many of them. There's oh god, they're up to almost nine, and they're doing another well, three, and there's the spinoff. Yeah, they, they're all these other little spinoff things. I was like, what? Oh, uh, all right. And I, we'll, we'll get okay. into more because I have seen them all. I went through really. Well, there was a. Well, we, I won't get into it yet. We can talk. About <laughs> Is this your dark, your dark time? <laughs> it's kind of it, a little bit. Um, it was one of those things where a couple of years I hadn't seen any of them, and then Netflix finally put them all on. So right. I was like, well, they're there. It doesn't cost me anything extra to watch them. So I finally kind of uh, worked my way, and, and one of the and one of the new ones was coming out. So I was like, you know what? Why don't I give a couple of them a shot? And if uh, and then I can at least say I've tried them and I can dismiss them that way. But anyway, we'll we'll get into that after. <laughs> okay. Outside of knowing that there's a million of these things, what do you know about uh, say the original? I, I I know very little. All I know is like Vin Diesel and action and speed, and that's it. Like that. Honestly, I know so little about the franchise. That was uh, so. That's why I said, "Oh, you know, it's weird. I've never seen any of these movies." So also, Furious. You you miss Furious, Marvin. That's something you should just automatically know from the time. What? There's one called Furious. No, no. That, that just that there's there's furiosity in the movie because. Oh, okay. That was a. Oh, I assume bad, I, bad joke, and you didn't even. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's one called Furious. So they, they they called one Fast, and then they called one Furious. Then they put it together. I feel like one of them is just called Furious 7. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, <laughs> or some such thing. They, 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 they really get around. See, and for a while there, I was wondering, like, oh, man, poor Vin Diesel. He hasn't really worked that much. <laughs> oh, he's, he's doing fine. Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel eats. He's just making Fast and yeah. Well, he kind of, I mean, you know what? I won't say anything because I don't want it to ruin anything. We'll get, we'll get into all of that after the, uh, okay. in the aftermath. Um, all right. Oh, I guess it doesn't really ruin it, but basically he like, I think he becomes, he's the producer on the later ones. Like, it kind of becomes his franchise. Uh, yeah. After okay. A while. But uh, that doesn't really ruin anything because I'm sure that you're aware that he's in most of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So. Are, here's, here's a question. Are you watching this 
out of actual legitimate curiosity or more like I need to tick this off my, my pop culture bucket list? I think it's a little of both. I mean, I'm, cu- I'm curious what could spawn a franchise like this. Uh, and also it's like, why are people watching this? They, like, they have to be watching it for them to be making this many. I, yeah, like, they can't I, uh, be terrible if they're making that many. Yeah, well, I'll, I don't know. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> been, yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of in the same boat when I when I sat down to finally watch them. I was just like, "What am I missing? Like, I've got a, like, I got to at least give one of them a shot." Right. Out of more and, curiosity. Uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, a friend of mine just she, uh, she's been having problems sleeping, so she said, "Oh, I, I started watching all of the X Men movies," and I went, "Really." And she goes, yeah, she said, I just saw this scene from one and I thought it was a great scene. And so I just started watching all of them. And I was like, oh my God, there's so many and they're not all of them are good. So yeah, some of them will put yeah. them to sleep. Some of them will help with that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that it's, that's quite true. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, I'm pumped to dive in. I'm actually really excited to rewatch this one in particular and I'll explain why later. But okay. um, but uh, I because I haven't watched this one since I watched it the first time, and that was right. uh, probably at least four or five years ago now. And well, it originally came out in uh, two thousand one, I think. So it's actually like almost it, twenty like, twenty years old, almost. Yeah, it's a it's like twenty year old franchise. I've never seen any of them. How can that be? Okay, it's crazy, mm-hmm. and it feels so fresh because they pop a new one out every two or three years. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. All right. All right. On the flip side, sir. See you in 106 minutes or something like that. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. We just finished and yeah. <laughs> processing. What was that movie about? <laughs> it was about family, Dom. It was about family. Okay. That's kind of what this series becomes about down the line. It's about, it's always, that's kind of the heart of Dom's mission is family first. So, okay. It was, was, like, the ending, I was like, okay, so he's not going to come. And, oh, it was the the Asian gang guys who were kind of, oh, those, all right. And, And then he just keeps saying, I live life a quarter of a mile at a time. It was kind of like awful in like the best way, like a really like eating a whole bag of cheesies. Yeah. Like poetry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you eat a whole bag of cheesies and you're like, uh, I shouldn't have done that, but man, I enjoyed it while I was doing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, that was it was tasted great. Oh, but I don't I shouldn't really think about it too much. <laughs> I think, you know, here it's funny that you're you're saying that. I'm sure I had a very similar feeling coming out of it the first time. This time I just let it wash all over me because I was well, just I, like. But that said, I I'm pretty sure having watched this one and going, knowing there was others in the queue, I'm like, how the hell did they bring these two back together? I was curious about that. Okay. Um, because this film for me is like it does have great moments. Well, yeah, there there are some some some. It's it's fun. I yeah. mean, I get the fun part of it. It's so like the screaming guitar and the camera never seems to stop. And it's the editing, those, those quick insert shots of like the gears and then yeah, just like it was, it, it, we kept snapping back and forth. But like at a certain point, I was like. Wait, what's the movie about again? Oh, who cares? Just let's keep watching it. <laughs> it's oh, it's kind of like yeah. <laughs> if you found that way. Here's the thing. watching this. I'm like, oh, there's a cohesive narrative here for this one. If you if you're worried about that, don't watch like the later sequels because it gets even more like, what is the MacGuffin in this neck? Oh, we'll get into that later though. Yeah. Um, it's it's this film does have like, like there's that one moment. I'm like, that's a solid moment when when he you know he makes the call. To, to have the dude saved and airlifted out. Right. And that's how Dom finds out that he's a cop. It's like, it's right. played in, like, Vin Diesel's great in that moment. It's all played silently, mm-hmm. you know? Which, which which is interesting because like, the, I think it's, it's 
like right at the halfway point or something where Vin Diesel basically explains the entire motivation for his character and like that long speech about his dad, which was like, wow, I was watching, my God, this is going on forever. But then when you put that beside the scene that you just described, it's like, okay, that's way better. <laughs> it was way better than the, that moment. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and it's the kind of thing where it's like they needed to have that like Asian street gang because they're the true villains, I guess. I guess. Um, so that way, and by having them, it's okay to make Dom not the bad guy. Yeah. Because that's, I guess that's the real the real thing of it is like, oh, he's the bad guy, but they need another bad guy. But the, the other bad guy, that villain doesn't dominate the film. Yeah, but it does not, the film's not about him catching him. It's just about these two guys bonding. It, it was very... It's about, I think, if I have to like try to marry a theme to it or what's it about, <laughs> it's, it's about respect. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and it's the idea that it's just like, because that's what he's racing for at the very beginning. He's like, look, it's like, you can have, I'm going to put my car on the line, but if I win, I get the money and I get the respect. And I get the respect. Uh, and, okay. that's what, and that's what happens when he calls, you know, when he calls in to have that guy saved. But he didn't have to do that. He no. could, he could have kept his cover, you know. So it's like he's well, he'd already blown it with the with the with, sister. With but, Mia. Yeah, that, this is yeah. true. That's true. That's less of a sacrifice that way, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, just but the thing is, like, you can't if you stop and think about that stuff. The whole it crumbles. It just it just all falls apart. It's like the bag of cheese. You realize you're eating a bag of cheeses, <laughs> but it's like you just have to sort of forget and just go. Oh my god! Like visually, though, like I kept watching it, going, "It's stunning." It's a little. It's a little. Like it's, it'd be interesting to see what the later movies like. But like when I look back on it now, like how uh, the 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 way they treated women in the movie. It's like how many ass shots. <laughs> and stuff are there and i'm like are movies still shooting like this now i just wasn't quite sure we'll see when when f9 comes out i know and i just looked oh f9 but i remember i had to write finally finally a movie named after a keyboard shortcut but here's something so so i looked it up so vin diesel and so that was made in 2001 and there was one scene it was very close to the beginning where all the cars were pulling out and they were all, they, they're all like these primary color cars and it looked kind of beautiful. And I was looking going, is it, is this exactly like Pixar's cars? I was like, <laughs> Cause it looked so similar. And I had to go look up when Pixar's cars was, and that was 2006. So it was five years after that. Yeah. Pixar's cars, cars is actually a remake of this movie. If you study the story. <laughs> but no it's just like did did car, pixar's cars just go oh they made like 207 million dollars off this can we make a movie about cars and we just we don't have to have people driving them the cars are just the thing like i was wondering if somebody in pixar was like well, this is what guys we need a movie that's just cars yeah without, i think I remember hearing at some point Lasseter saying that it was always his dream project because he was always he he grew up as like a NASCAR fan, but yeah. uh, but I'm sure this did not hurt their decision sitting around the board going uh this 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 like indie movie just made two hundred million just think what we could do yeah was this yeah. an indie movie kind of I mean I think it was a it was a studio movie but it was like a lower budget studio movie uh i now i tried to look it up on box office mojo i think it said 38 million was the budget okay never mind it was it was not a a low budget studio movie then uh although i think it started i mean to the point where now it's like i think the last one grossed 1.2 billion billion yeah and i I was uh yeah that kind of stunned me i'm uh wow it's just well, I get it though. It is. It's candy. It's pure candy. It's pure candy. It's like it's enjoyable. It's people that you you know. I will say here's the thing. Let me let me let me let, give you some trivia. I don't know if you know this or not. Do you know who the original Go. casting choices were by the director? No. Mario Lopez, Jean Paul Gosser, and uh, and Screech. Um, he wanted the Saved by the Bell guys. That was his original vision for this movie. Really? Yeah, and the studio was like, no. 
God, I, I want to see that movie now so bad <laughs> with that right? cast. Yeah. Oh. Justin Diamond, that's the guy's name. I uh, Justin Diamond. Isn't that yeah. amazing? But then after that, yeah. they, I think, but like other, like Mark Wahlberg was in talks at one point, uh, Christian Bale, Eminem were all considered for the part of Brian. What was, now, I, I don't know who the director was on that. Rob uh, Cohen directed, uh, directed Rob this Co- one. So was he, did it, were people in love with the script? Like, did, or did people just want to work with Rob Cohen? Cause it was supposed to be like this crazy, fast, fun movie to be, be on. Cause like this, I can't see the script really pulling people in. No, uh, I have no idea how this came. Uh, well, who knows? Uh, it's just drag racing. It's it's sexy, you know. I know, like that's it. Like people must want, oh, you know, you know what really was striking to me as I watched it, and especially when they in the beginning of the movie when they're talking about all this car stuff, and it was like, I know nothing about cars, and I never, I was never a car guy. And like they were rattling off all this like blah 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 blah, blah these these things, and I was like, I I have they might as well be this might as well be in Spanish for like oh, those three thirty seconds. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Did, did the um were you surprised when they brought in the uh, undercover cop angle? Uh, no, well, no, no, because I was sort of first of all, I I kind of knew. Like just through the grapevine that 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 there was there that that was a thing, um, and he was like, he was just too perfect. Like the, with the blue eyes and stuff. Like I knew, I knew the blue eyes. Up. Those eyes of his were like, oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah. I like, like, I like, but but it pays off later on when he's in like the full SWAT gear, and that's all you can see of him is the eyes. It's just the eyes, yeah. And uh, the guy who played the chief, I can't remember. I've seen him like in a hundred movies. Yeah, I can't uh, either. The guy who played his boss. But all of that cop stuff, like none of that really pays off. Like those, his, no, his uh, bosses and stuff. Like, yeah, they, it pays they, off they, later. Like they, they follow up that storyline in the next one. Oh, okay. The, it's interesting because the first, it's, it's, it's kind of, this, this series is very fascinating because it starts off as these movies, even the, this one in the sequel and, and the third one. Um, although the third one's like the Halloween three of this, this series in the sense that it tells a story that's unrelated to anyone in this movie. Um, really? But it weaves itself back in. It's interesting. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. But so the first, like say the original trilogy of this is essentially like about, you know, street racing and criminals, right? Right. By the time they get to like, at like the fifth and sixth movies, they're saving the world. I'm not kidding. It becomes like, they become like James Bondy type. Like they are literally on heists and they're spies and they're it's I'm not, I'm not even making any of that up. You know, by the by the, the the eighth one that just came out, Kurt Russell is now in it as like they're basically he's their um not M in like as if there's a the Secret Service agency built around these people. I'm not making this up. <laughs> this this is where the series goes five movies later or six movies later. What <laughs> and who, who Wow. So who who is Vin Diesel now in charge of this thing? Like well, Paul Walker died, right, in real life. Yeah, yeah. He and died in 2013. Again. Yeah, he died in uh, the seventh one, but they cobbled together enough. They had enough footage because he right. died while they were shooting. Oh, jeez. Um, okay. uh, and not, while, not, not during shooting. He died, like, during production, but not, like, oh. he didn't die in the making of the movie, but he did die in a no, car Yeah, car I, I looked it up, and it, it, he had a car accident, yeah. But not like it wasn't like part of the movie. It was no on yeah. the weekend on the weekend or something like that, uh, and um, and so they used uh, some CGI stuff and and his brother body doubled I think a fair amount to try to, to close it off and then they kind of let his character just kind of ride off into the sunset. Right. So his character still exists in the ether of this series, but he's like retired now mm-hmm. and it's kind of Vin Diesel is the captain of the ship where up until that point you could probably argue that it was like a two-hander but like Vin Diesel is like nothing against Paul Walker Vin Diesel is the more charismatic interesting of the two yeah 
but I'm just wondering, like, how, who grabbed this franchise and just said, oh, now let's make them, like, superhero spy types? Like, that's... Well, the movie uh, was already doing well, and they're like, let's make more money. Yeah. Cause, yeah, because the third movie... It's, well, it's like the third movie is this movie called Tokyo Drift, which um, I, th- I want to almost say it takes place... Before, it's almost a pre you, you there's a there's like a twist ending where you find that it's almost a prequel i think like the timeline of these movies is fascinating because they kind of, you can look it up if you look up like fast and furious timeline you'll see that the order the movies come out in is not the order they take place in they do this right. weird thing with it uh and vin diesel has like a very without spoiling anything uh uh don't worry about it <laughs> vin diesel has a a very short cameo in the third one, but it's really about an entirely different storyline. Okay. Uh, and because I think at that point, I don't know what they were trying to do, but it takes place in Japan and it, it kind of brings in the world of Japanese street racing. This is so, this is like such a culture. Like, I don't know how, how much of a, of a how real this culture is or how exaggerated, I'm sure it's exaggerated, but, uh, it's just fascinating to me that this these, this series has been around for 20 years, and from what you're saying, they've turned it into, like, Marvel comic universe Yeah, that, it really has an extended universe now because they, they're putting off spin-off. They're putting off spin-offs, right? Yeah, they're yeah. going to milk this thing for the rest of humanity as long as they can. It's just, like, it's it was just so stunning. Like, I, the movie ended and then I, I watched the credits because I just said, I just thought, and I didn't know. I was wondering, oh, is there, because it just felt like it was the kind of movie that would do it. And yeah, they have like that after credit sequence, the Marvel. Did you watch the right to oh, the very end? No, I missed it. What is it? Oh, it's just Vin Diesel in Mexico driving this with the red car. And and he says his line and he's just, he's going, goes through this town in Mexico. <laughs> And then he's like driving down this desert highway and he says the thing, I live life a quarter mile at a time. And that's, and that's it. And he just, and it's just the car disappears down the road. You're like, I was like, what the, what, what is this? What is going on? Yeah. But then the second one, they bring them all back together. Oh my God. It's just, there's a point. If you don't mind me spoiling some stuff about how ridiculous this series gets. Are you, I don't think you can spoil it plot-wise because it's not about plot at all. Yeah. There is a point where Michelle Rodriguez in one of the later movies like gets kidnapped or captured or hurt in some way and then comes back like two movies later, I think, or the next movie, and she's working for the bad guys because she's forgotten who she was. I see. Wow. If you go to that level of things, it becomes like spy. It's It's... All the spy movie tropes come in. It's almost like it's almost fascinating from that point just to see what they can try to do with this concept in most bizarre ways. Uh, but the thing that kills me about these movies, I always like. I found with the later ones in particular, it it just becomes all about like the car porn to the point where yeah. I'm just like, yeah, but even that, like, like the one thing about like that was refreshing going back to this one is that I'm watching the car sequences and I can follow them. Like they they have a, they have a beginning, middle and end. There's a story there. Like every kind of shot tells a bit of a story and, and that's all they need. And they do it in the later ones. It's just like a constant, like this happens and then this happens because that happens and it comes back around. And by the end, it's like none of that stuff in the middle mattered. Like you just really, really spent like four minutes extra in this like car chase sequence just to try to impress me with cool moves. But it, like, it would just like, it's kind of like tossing the briefcase around for who has the briefcase in this sequence and who's got the MacGuffin. And then it does, and it goes around so many times that it's just like, you could have done this once each. And I, and I get like, and I, I find these movies put me to sleep because it's almost like going into a speed coma where I'm just like, I can't follow anything and it knocks me out. Right. I but get it. Movies like this should well, not put you to sleep. No, no. It could become all like part of it was like you know the the it, it was one of the few movies I've I've watched in a while where you get like raunchy rock guitar solos as the, as the as the stuff goes and that and then and and the other music was there too. It, 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 I was just like, oh, this this can't you know I'm all I need another bag of cheesies like that was the whole 
the whole thing to me because if I stopped and, and tried to think about it, it, it not a lot about of it really made sense to me. No, but um, it, I, I I get it. But like, are the? I guess there must be people who like just they just watch these movies over and over again. Oh yeah, I mean, I grew up in a in a racing town, like a small town Did that you? had like a speedway and and a, and a dragway. Uh, Cayuga, they have um, both just in the outskirts of the town. And so I grew up around people like this, like the small hick version of this. Right. Um, but so I know people that just like eat this shit up. You know, I remember um, my sister lived across the street from this guy who had like, you know, the shitty version of one of these cars. And he had... Um, a security camera outside of their house just pointed at it. And it was almost a game. My brother-in-law used to like fire like Nerf gun bullets at it. Cause it was, cause the alarm was set so sensitively just to set it off constantly throughout the day, just to fuck with this guy because the bullet, you it wouldn't show up on yeah. the thing, right? But the yeah, I get it. Be going off. And so whenever I came over and visited, that was a real joy for me to watch my brother fuck with this guy. <laughs> And even his license plate, like he had a custom job done on the back of this, his trunk. So the custom plate, so the license plate sat on an angle. What do you mean? Designed into it. Well, it was just like designed so that it's supposed to like being like that rectangle that's, you know, flat and, and leveled. It was purposely like designed, this trunk was designed, or like the back plate of the trunk was designed so that it was on an angle. Oh, okay. And just sat there because it looked cool. Yeah, because it looked cool. No practical reason for it. It's this is so alien to me. Okay, I I grew up. My father ran a driving school. Like that's how alien (laughs) this is to me. And and so they're all bad guys in this movie. To your dad, yeah. It's like oh my god, he didn't signal. He didn't shoulder check. It was all. But like when I watched, but I was never a car guy. Like I, there were some guys who had some muscle cars in my neighborhood, but it was just, it's, it was such an alien world to me. And I knew nothing about cars. And even to this day, like, I don't really care about car. Like a car to me is just something I need to pick up groceries and yeah. go somewhere. You and me, we're both so, Kia guys. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like, I just need the most practical, cheap car that'll last. That doesn't cost me a fortune to upkeep. And, uh, but I do have friends who like, oh yeah, I, I got to get this car. Or they want a sport. They dream of buying a sports car. And I'm like, yeah. and they go, I'm like, I, that's like the, the, the lowest rung on the ladder of dreams for me is like a sports car. I could not care less. No, I'm the same way. I, I grew up with like an uncle who was a car guy, but just in the way that like he had an old Mustang that he rebuilt. And I thought that was interesting. Just kind of like, that's a really cool hobby. My dad used to build like model cars. And so I did as a kid because my dad did. Uh-huh. But you, you're still into models and Lego. And I like Lego and that stuff. kind of stuff. But that's my, my version of that. But the extent of like me being a car guy is I appreciate shit like a DeLorean because of Back to the Future. Like, give me, like, an iconic movie car, and I'm in. But as far as, like, just fancy, splashy cars like this, I'm like, I'm I'm just like you. I'm like, eh. Yeah, like, the only thing, like, so, like, because I grew up in a driving school, we had a fleet of cars. Like, I I think at one point when my dad was still doing teaching and stuff, there were, like, six or seven cars parked in our, around our house. But my dad, uh, when he came to, he had a car that he bought, and it was his prized possession. It was in the garage, and it he only took it out a couple of times because it he, to, to get it to work. But it was an old Model T, like a nineteen twenty seven Model T with like a, a rumble seat in the back and stuff like that. And he had that, and I drove in it I think twice my whole life, and it, it barely ran. And every time he wanted to take it out, he had to like call somebody because he needed like some special piece for it. And and I do have like a a little place in my heart for those cars because there was something special about it mm. because it was, it sat in the garage all the time and I used to play in it. And it was just, to me, it was like from this other world because it was from this other part of the world. And that's the only car culture thing that I have. But getting back to the movie, it, it, it is it, did it, did the, was the movie inspired by like these these races, like is the audience like really car culture guys? Because I get the feeling this is all just like this is so male geared, 
audience that, oh, that fantasy mm-hmm. like fantasy yeah, yeah. For sure that there is a, a street racing culture in in california for sure yes no i know i know there is it's just like it's not something i would ever think about it to and that they would make this movie and that they would make like nine more. Is it just nine or is there's no, more well, they, they, the ninth one I think is planned. It's was supposed to originally come out in 2021 and there's at least two more planned. And what other stuff has a director done? Well, Rob Cohen didn't do any of them past the original one. Right. You know, Justin Lin is kind of the new overall, he's directed the most, uh, of this of the series, I think up to this point, and they, he didn't direct them all, but he, uh, I think he's the main lead director. If you were to like tally up his, he's the David Yates of this world for the Harry Potter nerds out there. I'm just trying to see, like, what, uh, what? So what, Rob Cohen, oh, he did Triple X. So he's worked with Vin Diesel quite a bit. Yeah, so he's he's done these big movies, but I wonder if it's just he just wasn't interested in revisiting it. Um, or him and Vin didn't get along, or whatever it was. Um, well, in 2002, he did Triple X with Vin Diesel, which I was guess after wasn't. this. Yeah. yeah. And he did The Mummy. I'm just looking here. Oh, he did Dragonheart in 1996. I love that movie. Yeah. See, he's not a bad director by any means. He knows what he's doing. And maybe he's just one of those guys that also, you know, once he's done something, he's like, I've done that. I, I want to move on. Like I was listening to a really interesting podcast with uh, Christopher Columbus talking about why he left the Harry Potter series, you know, talking about his whole career, but in particular, right. like that came up. It's like, how could you leave that franchise? And he's like, cause I'd done it. You know, I knew how to do that kind of thing. And I didn't want, and I knew I wasn't the guy to like take it into darker territory either. Right, uh, you know, and I'm like, there's, a, I'm like, mad respect for that. He's like, and also, I had enough money. Yeah, well, that I was gonna say, like, if you have the money, that's the luxury. That's the luxury. That's the real gift of having that kind of security, where you can just go, no, I, I have want to do something else that interests me. Yeah, and then he went into uh-huh. Rent, which was not a great choice, <laughs> just because that movie. I, I didn't love that movie. Uh, I, I didn't love it either. But, um. But yeah, but I like I I I dig that a lot. I mean, here's the thing: it's like I'm sure Rob Cohen continues to make money off of this franchise just because oh he's yeah the original one. So I'm sure he's got some points that come to him. I'm sure there's a, a real big check that comes to him on a regular basis, thanks to uh, thanks to this franchise. And, and the weird thing is, I feel like I'm going to watch more of these movies. I'm just going to watch them. I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna get stoned and I'm gonna bag, get a bag of cheesies and I'm gonna watch a movie and, and that's and that's the right way to do it, especially the later ones, for sure. Because they're, they're totally get, over the top. They're just they get, it's it's kind of like how you know the original Die Hard starts with like this is a man who has to walk across glass with his bare feet and it's like that's you sit there and you squirm. And then by, you know, movie three or four or whatever, he's unkillable. Like he's just like a robot. He's a Terminator, you know, right. this is what um, that character of Bruce Willis becomes. Like he's like John McClane is like unstoppable. Oh, you yeah. can't hurt him. He's like, he's ramping a car off a, a ramp into a helicopter with like perfect accuracy. It's just that that's like, he, he doesn't become a hero in the original Die Hard. He's such a human. He's being, He's making mistakes. He's getting hurt. He's clumsy, you know, but well, that whole movie, it's all like, yeah, he's just, he has to get his, he just wants his marriage to get back together. Like that's the whole yeah, thing. But that's, but you, can, you can relate to that. To that. Yeah. You know, that's your, so what are some like franchises that you legitimately love? Um, I would say well, there are some, some of the Marvel ones that uh like the imagine but that's because like i collected those comics as a kid like i'll tell you on in uh in in marvel comics in endgame the 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 last uh, avengers one when cap when when they all come out the all the avengers people come out from there they're teleported in to fight thanos and captain america stands there and he goes avengers assemble i almost cried <laughs> Because it was like that's the Marvel comic thing, and I was like, oh, he's I, just, and I, I remember I, watching it in a theater, going, "Oh, he's going to say it! He's going to say it! Oh my God, he's going to say it! He's going to say it!" I just got tingles saying it right there. 
And it was like, Avengers, assemble. I was like, oh my God, I understand it. The moment that, like, I had the same, the exact same feeling as you. But then also the moment where he, like, wields Molinar. I'm like, oh, yes. I yeah. knew he, everyone in the art theater was like, we know you. We know he could do he it. He did. He was holding back. <laughs> so, like, I, and that's, and, and because of my age and, and because I collected those comics. So, a lot of the, all that whole Marvel comic universe uh appeals to me and i've watched most of them over over yeah, at least same. a couple of times um other franchises i mean i don't i don't really know i'd have to like look at the like i watched the harry potters i enjoyed all of the harry potters yep um yeah they're all very solid they're all really solid um the, the, the one James that, Bond stuff, like not all of them, of course, but very hit and miss. And those early yeah. ones are problematic. Yeah, but the the later the later ones with Daniel, uh, you, you know, he they were I liked most of them. There were a couple that were slow. Yeah, um, yeah, I did, I did all because I hadn't seen um, a good chunk of them, so I did like a three or four part series on the podcast that you can go back and listen to, listeners. Where I kind of I bought they had the box set on sale at Costco, so I picked it up and and kind of went through them in order, uh, and that was fascinating watching them over the course of a couple months in succession. I'm trying to think of like if there was like a detective or a murder series. There's not barely been a series of movies like that. There's, there was a. I, I'm a big fan of. Um, uh, uh, I think is it Norwegian. There's a. It's a detective series like called where the main character's name is Harry Hall, Harry Hall, but it's Harry Hall, yeah. and uh, and like I've read like four or five of those novels with that character because he's so interesting. But like, and they've tried. They tried to turn one. They turned it into one movie. But they did a terrible job of it. Um. I'm trying to remember what it was. Ugh, can't remember it. Yeah. it leaves me. But I, yeah, franchises. I guess. Like aside from the Marvel comic universe, I don't know if I'm really a fan of like any of anything else. I'm trying to think what else, what other franchises are there really? Uh, well, there's all there's all the horror ones. Obviously, there's um, yeah. I never yeah. got into those, like the Freddy Krueger stuff or the Halloween stuff. It was like I'd wa- I watched like the first one, and then if there was another one on, I would usually I could grab it for a bit. But it wasn't something I I'd say, oh, I got to see the next one. There was never that feeling for me. Um, Star Wars, obviously, Star Wars is the yeah. You could argue that's probably a franchise. Yeah, as but you like mentioned, for- Mission Mission Impossible is it's probably akin yes, to this. I- and I've enjoyed most of those. Most of the Mission Impossibles I thought were pretty good and fun. Yeah. Um, the, the Pirates, the Jurassics, Rockies, oh, yeah. the Rockies, all those kind of. The Rockies, yeah. That's another one that just starts to get over the top where he might as well just be a superhero. Yeah, all <laughs> those are bonkers. The series that I just, and I'm doing this as a standalone uh podcast in the upcoming weeks by the time this airs uh, mm-hmm. I, I got this uh, box set um, it's Criterion box set last year and I finally just started diving into it and I'm, I'm hoping I'm saying the name right uh, Zetoichi uh, it's a the blind swordsman there's 25 movies in this set I'm about halfway through they are all fantastic it's, it's essentially about this uh, blind masseur who is also like this lightning quick swordsman and the guy play the guy that plays the part is not blind uh, but you know he keeps his eyes closed the whole time he is skilled beyond belief like just like the way he actually wields a sword because they're doing everything in like wide and this is all like 1960s stuff right yeah there's no special effects like how they do some of that stuff I'm still not sure it's phenomenal just in terms of that, but also just like he is this, and he's not like, he doesn't look like a Bruce Lee type. He's kind of schlubby. He's, he's got, he's very unassuming. He's, he's jovial, charming for days. It's just like the character itself is, is fascinating. And the way they keep on kind of finding new ways to play the same tropes over and over again throughout the series is really smart and interesting. Hmm. And uh, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm halfway through and I'm 
it's not like I don't feel like I'm I'm going through them going, oh, I just want to get make sure I watch them all to tick them off. I'm legitimately excited to start watching a new one every time. There's tw- how many? 25. And then they, they they did like two or three a year for like almost like a decade or over, right? Well, and I was going to ask how long, how, what the, what's the span of years that that covers? And then I think they did like a hundred episodes of a TV series on the same character with the same actor. Wow. So I haven't looked into it in terms of Guinness Book of World Records, but I wonder if uh, if this guy doesn't have the record for like the most screen time playing the same character. It's got to be close. That is pretty amazing. Zatoichi? It's spelled Z-A-T-O-I-C-H-I. T-O-I-A. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, just pure phenomenal. I'm just going to look up really quickly because I, I want to get the, the pronounce the actor who plays uh, Zatoichi's name correctly. It's... Um, Moments away. It's uh, Shintaro Katsu. Okay. Uh, anyway, I'll just put the last name Katsu. Super try, and he has a couple series. But they, if you, if, for those listening, if you subscribe to the Criterion Channel, the streaming service, I believe a couple, like like a handful of the best ones are on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't have them all, but it, it's it's also the kind of series you don't necessarily need to watch them all. They're pretty episodic in nature. Although I would argue, like the first four or five, really build on each other. Like they really continue the story in a way that it's like, oh, like what happened in the last one is is, is affecting what's going on here. It doesn't make it so you can't follow it, um, right. but it's really. I, I would say like the first three are a, like a brilliant trilogy. Hmm. Do you? I- do you know if Canopy uh, has any of those movies? Do you subscribe to Canopy? Oh, they might. Yeah, you know, Canopy is great. So for those don't that don't have a Criterion, Canopy is a. If you have a library card, you can you more at than least like in Toronto read. or Ontario, I think. Yeah. No, it's basically what it is. It's like it's a it's a service like around the like in many around places. The world? Oh, okay. I want to say it's around the world, but and basically in different libraries pay a certain fee to be able to have access to it for their members. And, and there's like Hoopla does the same thing, right? There's a couple of services like this. Yeah, no, because I've, I've been during the pandemic, of course, we've had time. So we've actually gone through Canopy and picked out quite a, a few very interesting movies. Yeah, they definitely have a good chunk of the, the Criterion uh, Criterion collection. Before I got the, uh, the, the streaming channel, I was definitely using it for... No, you know what they do have? Oh, oh, this is exciting for me. They have um, a movie on there called The Blind Menace, which is actually an unofficial prequel to Zetoichi, where it's the same actor playing a blind swordsman, but Mm -hmm. it's not the same character. So it's like, it's almost like they took that character they took this actor and this performance and they remolded it and turned it into Zetoichi. But I actually haven't I just, seen this. I just imagine some casting people going, around, we need a, a blind swordsman. Yeah, you know, I know a guy. I know a guy. I know a guy. <laughs> it's good. And what I love about it too is like there's a real efficiency to the sword fighting in these movies. Like it's not like they have these like giant overly choreographed pieces. Like all the sword fights are pretty quick. Because this is the kind of guy that is like, he is efficient. He's not going to like overstay his welcome. He's blind. You know, right. he's, he's, his other senses are heightened the way blind people's are. But it's like, he's not an idiot. Like he's going to get in and out of a fight <laughs> as quickly as he can because he's fucking blind. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll dive into that more. But it's, you know, it, they're really, really great. I can't talk about this series highly enough i okay I'll, I'll i'll take a look at it but we'll bring it back to uh while, while in between uh watching all the fast and the furious movies. yeah what what's them like an oreo sandwich back and forth oh my god i just don't know if i could i i i know if i if i watched like two more i would probably not be able to watch a few for a long time i'd probably get like kind of a little a little full 
Well, it'll be fascinating because because it does like the third, the fourth one almost reboots the franchise and turns it in and turns it into what it becomes, which is like the spy franchise, this like Mission Impossible group. But like their angle is, you know, cars and the fact that they can all drive. So it's just like Mission Impossible with mostly just car sequences. And then like, how can we? What are the coolest shit we can do with a car? Go. I can only imagine the brainstorming sessions for this series. What have we seen yet? I want to see, and again, not making this up, I want to see one of these cars drive through the floor of like uh, uh, an 80-story skyscraper and smash through another floor and another skyscraper and land there. And that's how they break into a place. I want to see that. It's like, all right. And then, they're down, and then they make it happen. And that's like in one of the last ones. It's, it's, it's just like one of those things where you watch. It's kind of like when you watch the Mission Impossible movies going, what is Tom Cruise going to do to entertain me in this one that almost kills him? Oh, my God. So I guess I guess there must be people like that's that's the specialty. It's just car chases. Like I was thinking about it as I was watching the movie going, there must be like a few people in the world who just like they know how to shoot a car chase and you have to bring those people on. To, to make these movies oh yeah like i was listening to is it christopher mccrory talk about um making the mission impossible movies and they and they and just talking about how they plan like the action sequences and that kind of stuff and and i think i think they have the story in place and all that kind of stuff uh but one thing one part of their process is is that he and tom go off and travel around the world and they go to these places and they look around going what can we do here? What can we do in here? And then they retroactively write that into the movie as opposed to going, Oh, let's write a cool sequence and then find the right place for it. They actually go, no, this is the cool spot. What can we do here? Which, you know, if you've got the kind of money those people have makes sense to do it that way. Wow. I just, that the luxury of being able to do that is just stunning to me. Yeah, well, the one like that one helicopter, not helicopter, but that um, in the last Mission Impossible one fallout where he dives out of that airplane and does that like right. crazy thing that apparently they had to do that like for a month and a half almost to get it right. Because the, the height of the plane, the elevation is something to do with temperature. They could only do it once a day uh, and they only had one shot a day to do it. And they had to do it like for a month and a half before they finally got it. The and Cruz was actually jumping out of a plane. Yeah, every single day. And then they went off and I'm sure they shot other things for the rest of the day and then came back. But it's like every day they had to try to get that again. Bonkers. But that's the level of filmmaking where it's like for the amount of money it cost them to do that one shot, I could I probably made all of my movies three times. <laughs> It's fantastic. <laughs> I was I was listening to uh, uh, an interview with Kate Winslet, and they were talking about the fact that, that she's doing working with James Cameron on Avatar two and three. I guess they're shooting at the same time. They're shooting it right now. I think they're shooting like and, two through six uh, oh, consecutively. And she was just saying like the insanity of like you spend a whole day like just shooting stuff where you're just you're floating in studio like he's basically built a city just to shoot his movies in and uh that it's just like this incredibly stunning stuff and she's enjoying working with him i think it's actually it's a uh i don't want to should i plug another podcast on your podcast plug away uh i was wtf i think mark maron's interviewing Kate uh, okay and he's and she's talking about like because she comes in to do these things and she hadn't worked with, she hasn't worked with Cameron since Titanic. I was going to say, that's a Titanic reunion. Yeah, but she said it was, they were, while they were talking about their relationship and what it's like to work with him now. And he's, he's a bit more, uh, he's a bit more humble to work with. Whereas before he would never admit, she says something like that he would never admit to making a mistake. And now he, when he, he, he asks them to do something. He says, no, 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 you can do it. You can do it. And then they do it. And he goes, ah, that, that doesn't fucking work. And she was like, oh, that's, she says, that's interesting. Cause you never would have admitted that that was your, that that was a mistake before. So apparently he, with his age, he's gained a little bit of humbleness, apparently. He's matured and all that Titanic money. 
really, really, yeah. really just it, relaxed him. <laughs> yeah, calmed him right the fuck down. <laughs> oh, well, we've gone off, off topic from the Fast oh, and the Furious stuff. Oh, but have we? Um, so, what, what's your takeaway? So, I, I'm excited to hear what you think about when when you uh, when you uh, devour uh, the the Cheetos and the sequels to this. You have uh, to keep I will. I just like, but I I will say this: like watching it, like at a certain point, like yeah, you just have to sort of like let go of trying to have this movie make sense and just sort of let it wash over you and literally just eat eat the cheesies. Don't think about what's in them because uh, it was just like at certain points I was like, what? Why is that? And then it's like, oh, oh, it's more. They're chasing each other in cars. Forget it. Like just let it happen. Yeah, there's it's, some great. Yeah, it's it's the kind of thing where like, there's some great moments if you just like you say if you just kind of turn your brain off and enjoy the candy, uh, it's it's not that kind of a movie. Yeah, it's not. It's not. Yeah. It, what were the reviews like on it? That's a good question. Let's check out Rotten Tomatoes. I'm. I. Uh, I mean, did it matter? <laughs> no, I mean it doesn't matter. I'm just curious. Uh, it I actually I have a uh, to me it's a lot of fun to read reviews of like highly successful movies that just got shot on and just get, and it makes me laugh to to think about it was uh 53% by the tomato meter audience okay. score was 74 uh what it, it, and the the critics consensus for those curious says sleek and shiny on the surface the fast and furious recalls those cheesy teenage exploitation flicks of the 1950s Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Timothy Oliphant was uh, apparently approached for the role of Dom, too, and turned it down because he had just done Gone in 60 Seconds and thought, I just did a car movie. <laughs> really? I love Timothy Oliphant. He's fantastic. Oh, my God. The, well, uh, it, was, it was enjoyable. I mean, it was enjoyable. Um, at the end as it was slowing down, as this sort of like the denouement of it was happening, I started to go, wait, what, what's happening? And then I just have to let it go. But it, you, just seeing that little final credit sequence at the end, that was like the cherry on the cheesy. It was the, uh, it was just so, I, I just laughed because it was just so ultimate cheese. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm just looking at the overall ratings of the franchise. Like the, the early ones are weaker, but then they get stronger. Like after what? They like the first one. Like they kind of where are they? So the uh, the fourth one is like probably the series low in terms of the tomato meter at twenty eight percent, but then the fifth one is seventy seven. Uh, the sixth one gets to seventy percent. The uh, the fate of the furious, which is the eighth, no seventh one, no. What is the number? I'm now I'm getting confused myself. But one of them, like seven, is an 81%. Really? I think that's the one. You know why? Seven was really good. Seven was is the one. It was Paul Walker's last one. Uh, um, and they found a really nice way to kind of like give him this really. They should like realistically, if they'd have ended with seven, that would have been like a classy, great final sign off. But of course, it was just like. There's, you know, there's more money to be made. There's yeah. more money. Well, I'm sure it was the studio going. I think at one point too. I think Vin Diesel said, "I think we're done." And then I'm sure like a giant dump truck of money just backed up to his house and said, "No, you're not." <laughs> <laughs> dance, monkey, dance. Um, it was like, uh, yeah, that's well. Isn't that what happened with the last James Bond? He said, "Oh, I'm not doing James Bond again." And they offered him a shitload of money. He goes, oh, "Okay, maybe one more. Maybe one more." Maybe I could maybe I could put on drink another martini. Sure, why not? Sure. I'm just looking like what else what you know, what else did Paul Walker do in his career? I remember like there's a movie called Joyride he did, I think. I'm just, I can't remember what it was about. But yeah, like this is kind of what he was known for. I mean, he's not like here's the thing, again, I, you know, you don't want to speak ill of the dead, but it was like he's pretty flat as an actor. Yeah, he he's he's beautiful. That's all. He's a you know those eyes. When, I remember that when I was watching, going, 
uh, and they, they first showed him, and you know, he get you get the close up with his eyes in the camera. It's like, oh, no wonder he's a fucking star. Look, look at those eyes. Yeah, Jesus Christ, you get lost yeah, in there. Yeah, uh, yeah, I get it. Yeah, he's candy well, too. He's like one of the green cars. Yeah, skulls. He was in the skulls. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But yeah, no, these I guess were this. These movies were his thing. Oh my so God. any any final thoughts on this franchise or, or the first the first iteration of it? Well, based on the first iteration, I mean, I, I've said it already a few times. I mean, yeah, you don't don't think about it; just eat your cheeses and watch it. I mean, it was fun. It was it was fun until I started to think about it, and then it was like, oh, I started to have like, what? What's happening? Um, and all of the actors seem to be having a good time with their with their cheesy roles. Um, there's no, I didn't see, think there were any real surprises in it. Did you think that him being a cop was like? Did it, do you think? He I think I remember, the, no, I think I knew that going into the first one that he was, uh, and I and I was just, but I but I liked that they don't like set it up at all like you just meet him you're dropped into it i think with yeah. a different actor and a slightly different tweaks on it they could they could have sold the twist a little bit better hmm. um i mean imagine imagine a world where in this movie you don't find out until the very end until you're with it from dom's point of view right you know the whole way through like that would have been fascinating to see that dynamic and how that played out. Uh, alas, but um, yeah. but yeah. Anyway, he. Uh, that's what it is. I want to know what you think of, of the subsequent movies. Should you decide to watch them, uh, and and I will enjoy uh, that th- those text messages we send back and forth. <laughs> yeah, I'll just go watch the second one, huh? I'm glad you you hadn't seen this movie because this is one of those ones where it was just like there, there's I think there's very few people who haven't probably checked in on this franchise at some point. So I, you were able to help me tick this off the the podcast bucket list. Oh well, I'm glad I'm glad I could help. It was it was fun. Uh, it was junk, absolute junk food. Um, but yeah, I, 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 there's nothing really else to say about it. it Sometimes you need a little junk food. Junk food, yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with that. <laughs> but you should go back and just watch that last little post-credit sequence. Because it's just so, it's just like, why, why did you need that? It's totally unnecessary. It's, it's just like, just Vin Diesel driving off. I take life a quarter mile at a time. Because there's more stories setting up that sequel, that sweet, sweet sequel that they that need to I'm sure. I wonder if you time traveled back to the beginning of this franchise. Like, do you think like you'll make eight more of these and they'll be grossing like billions of dollars? I just the idea that the, that this thing has been going for twenty years is stunning. Twenty years they've been making movies about guys and cars, the same guys in, in cars, street racing. But now street racers who save the world. It's it's kind of fantastic in a, in a way that they were able to just sort of like, well, let's see what else we can do with it. Yeah, the, uh, the entire series so far has grossed five point three billion. Wow! And is it Universal? Is it? I don't know. Yeah, they're they're the ones that have kept the lights on Universal for sure. Like that is a franchise they will, you know, bask in for forever. I'm sure. And you know, you know, it's incredible. Vin Diesel's the same age as me. <laughs> you guys could be brothers. You got the right hair. Yes. Uh, yeah, we could be. I I would be the brother. I I I'd be the out of shape brother who just sort of uh, really, really, really hates all of Vin Diesel's success. How good, how good a shape do you need to be to drive a car, Marvin? You just sit there. Yeah, but like, but Vin Diesel is in pretty good shape. I don't know what's the last. I don't know what's the last thing he's done aside from Groot in uh, Marvel. That's another thing. He's great in that. Yeah, 
one thing thing I forgot to mention to bring it back to this movie. The one thing that pissed pissed me off about this movie the first time I saw it, I remember for sure, was thinking like, if these guys are so fucking good, why do they need nitrous oxygen? Why do they need the Nas? It seems like such a cheat that it's just like, oh, look, I have more money and that's how I win. I have a better car. And it's like, shouldn't it be about like, being in the shittiest car and you still do well because you're an artist behind the wheel. It's like, no, it's just about who put the most money underneath the, the, the hood, which is probably true in real life. It probably is. Although there was like something about <clears throat> when you can hit the button for the Nas oh, too early kid too early. I like, think that one, is it's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I think that is true though. I think there is, um, you know, some truth to that idea that it's like the timing is because if you peter out too fast, the next person can come in on your tailwind. Tailwind, yeah. Because that's the other idea is like, you know, do do you have, just because you got the tools, do you know how to use them? Right. (laughs) It's, wow. Yeah. Well, on that note, thanks for, thanks for eating Cheetos with me. Uh, Thank you for, for helping me open this bag of Cheetos. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm glad this metaphor can, can keep going. Thanks for joining us for The Fast and the Furious. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at LonJeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a